0: real show here we go real show here we go you know that it's gotta be that time so this is what we chant what keeps on getting them all amped in advance you and i rocking out with iron man F-E. you get the general's point of view on top of roger's rants. whenever tapping out we're putting the most minutes in you already know what that's
1: about you know that winners win crush whatever's on task check the podcast it's the champ and the trip let the ball blast So we
0: have Steffi Cohen with us today, 25-time world's strongest woman. Uh, Steffi's latest endeavor, as if that wasn't enough. Uh, she's now entered into the boxing world. I think you're 3-1-1, one one, right? Yep. Pretty amazing. Uh, I followed Steffi for a long time. she If you don't follow her, everybody should. She pushes boundaries like you would never believe. And uh, she really, some of these, uh, you know, lifts that she does especially your deadlift is absolutely incredible what was your heaviest lift i think it was with straps was like 501 right
2: my heaviest deadlift was 550
0: 550. Wow. crazy
2: 550 at 120
1: pounds yeah she lifts lift you
0: up bro <laughs> <laughs> i think you know what is what is you look at you you know through your social media and you just look like this absolute jacked, ripped monster but you are pretty petite you're only five feet tall right
2: i know yeah i know that's Instagram crazy looks can be deceiving
0: for sure, for sure. You I thought Frankie was
2: much taller, much bigger.
0: <laughs> same with Frankie. I thought he was a monster till I met him.
1: <laughs> it's an attitude thing, right? That's it. That's it. <laughs> you just gotta act big. I tell Roger all the time. I'm, I'm, we're looking eye to eye, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everybody's the same size on the ground. That's what you yeah, say, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Steph, what's what's? I mean, I know you're you're kind of new into the boxing world, but what what's next in that in that uh, realm for you? Do you have something else coming up in uh, in the boxing
2: department? Yeah, um, I have a couple of fights lined up. One of them is in June with um, UFC Fight Pass, Three Hundred awesome. and Sixty Promotions, and then the other one's going to be Madison Square Garden towards the end of the year. Wow, Three Hundred and Sixty, yeah, huge venue, moving, moving quick.
0: That's amazing. Is this sort yes, of your please. your new passion, your new love, or are you still like super dedicated powerlifting? And
2: no, man, I I, I haven't done powerlifting or powerlifting training specifically for the, almost two years now. Oh My wow. My last competition was in um, February of 2020, okay. and uh, yeah, I obviously I still lift weights. It's still, it's still a big part of, of my training. I, I do believe in in kind of being a hybrid athlete and the benefits of resistance training, specifically for combat sports. So I still lift, but it's a very different uh, style of lifting.
0: Yeah. Now, do you find that works against you at all with? boxing because obviously stamina comes into play your heart's got to pump a lot of blood to all these muscles right does that
2: it's it's an absolute hindrance
1: you okay know.
2: as much as the, the the movements that you perform in powerlifting which is your squat bench and deadlift obviously those movements are going to be part of uh, your traditional strength and conditioning program uh, or any traditional strength and conditioning program because of because powerlifting and more endurance sports, obviously they exist on opposite opposite ends of the physiological spectrum. So it, it is an absolute hindrance. Like for the last 10 years, because even before powerlifting, I used to be an Olympic weightlifter. So I've been lifting weights for 10 years competitively. And obviously it's a completely different energy system than not to mention just the amount of muscle that I have, um, how how not used to breathing heavy I am. The perceived, that the perceived um, sensation of fatigue also is really difficult for me to overcome. The adrenaline in the ring, as much as strength is important, there's no there it the there's no one-to-one relationship between strength and then punching power. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist. When it comes to producing power, that is its own uh, adaptation. It's it's its own skill. It's, I have, I honed in on the skill of producing as much force as possible for one rep in three Mm -hmm. very specific movements. And to say that there's going to be a, a, a transfer effect from that strength in that very specific movement to a punch. I mean, is it's naive and it's, it's uneducated. I personally, the, the main thing that I feel that powerlifting helps me with in boxing is confidence. Just knowing that I can lift so much weight and that I'm you know strong and capable and just resilient that that in my head is a is a vote of confidence but I, I have to undo a lot of a lot of things that I've been just training for the last 10 years that makes sense
0: yeah well well said um do we expect to see a a leaner meaner Steffi maybe your your next fighter
2: yeah I'm, I'm planning on dropping down to 114. Oh, wow. 115, 112 in the future as well. You know, I, when I first started cutting down to 112. Yes. Yeah, I was saying I, I used to be pretty adamant on staying around 122, 118 just for the sake of preserving some lean mass, but I, I acknowledge just how not helpful that mm-hmm. is, especially. Especially because just my my size as a human these girls that I'm fighting against at, at 122 They're dropping down from like 135 140. Mm. Sometimes they're big mm. They're big their range. They're long. They're They just feel heavy. Yeah So definitely 115 or 112 in the future for me
1: Now how, how, how much is your diet different now from from when you were you know weightlifting to, to boxing now?
2: I feel that my diet has to consistently be much cleaner. Just the quality of the foods has to be much better because the, the training for boxing is so much more rigorous. Tr- three training sessions a day for the most part mm. with like running and sprinting and strength and conditioning and sparring and technical boxing sessions. So I feel I legit if I have a beer, I, I feel it. You know, I feel like shit the next day. So I feel like my diet has to be very clean. And now even more so because I'm trying to drop weight. So I essentially have to move my body set point to whatever weight I've been weighing for the last 10 years to a new one. So I have to slowly decrease my calories and I'm already a small person. So for me to lose weight, I have to be constantly consuming, I don't know, between 1400 calories and 1600 calories, which is Mm. really not a lot. Especially with the workload. I just have to be very aware of of everything that I eat and keep it very clean,
0: just from watching you on social media, you seem extremely regimented, obviously, this is a lifestyle for you, but does Steffi Cohen ever have a cheat day? Do you ever like not when you're not in fight camp? do you ever go out and let your hair down and have a cocktail and maybe maybe uh some some you know maybe an appetizer mozzarella <laughs> stick here or there? Or- <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I do from time to time, but it's very rare. I feel like I've gone to a point where I've I've consistently been living this lifestyle for so long that I don't even I don't even really crave it, and I feel like shit if I do. Mm-hmm. But of course, if I'm traveling or if there's an occasion, a birthday or a wedding or something like that, of course I'll 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 be in more in the moment. But strategically speaking, I I do have one day of of higher calorie intake, specifically higher carbohydrate intake. Um, just for the sake of, uh, refueling glycogen stores and, mm. and, um, blunting, uh, your hunger hormone, hormones because of being in a, in a deficit for so long. So.
1: Sure. What's your, what's your go-to meal after a fight? Always gotta have one go-to meal after a fight. Huh? It changes, man. It changes yeah, yeah, every yeah, time, but I, would. but
2: I usually, I usually crave pasta.
1: Pasta, yeah, I, I get it. But like a oh, dirty
2: I, pasta, like something dirtiest.
1: with like sauce and cheese, you Some know? Bolognese or something, right?
2: No, like, um, like cacho de pepe, the one that oh, comes yeah, inside yeah, of yeah, a, a yeah, cheese. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's bomb with truffles, What's, truffle oil. Oh, there you go. What's yours? No, I usually do a cheeseburger. I'm a cheeseburger.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't it depend on like where your fight is? Now, like, honestly, you know In what and is, out burger. No, no, but out. you know
1: what it is. Honestly, it's it's whatever I'm watching fight week. I see on TV, and I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what I'm getting yeah, after yeah, yeah. after my fight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it changes. It also changes based on based on um how much you had to starve yourself and for how long.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Steph, what what is inspired like this drive in you? You have this remarkable drive and motivation. I feel like I know. I read that you started kind of lifting at, at age fifteen. I think prior to that, you you played soccer, right, for the national team in, in Venezuela. Like you seem like you've always been chasing. Super, yeah, chasing this 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 excellence, right? What what is there is there was there a pivotal moment in your life? Your parents, what what sparks this drive that you have? Because it seems to be just beyond what us normal mortals can imagine?
2: I don't know. I think there's there's definitely something to be said about being born with with grit. I I can't remember a time in my life where I haven't had a goal that seems ridiculous and impossible to other people. I remember being eight years old and putting my soccer cleats for the first time and telling, telling my parents very confidently that I was going to be a professional soccer player, and I sucked, but I wanted it so bad. But... It's been like that for me specifically with sports, more than anything else, more than more than my my professional career, more than my love life, more than anything else. It's just being an athlete is is something that makes me feel so fulfilled and and so accomplished and it's always been that way. I don't just don't remember ever not being that way. Yeah.
0: now I know we spoke recently um you're you're in the middle of a move, sort of I know Miami was your home. You're moving to L.A. Does that have anything to do with training or boxing or is there... everything? It has there everything
2: to do with training and boxing. Um, I'm I'm having a little bit of a, a pivoting change in in work. So I'm selling my shares of my businesses now to my ex-business partner. And so I really don't have any ties to Miami anymore. I've been there for 12 years and I just feel like everything became pretty monotonous and repetitive and I just needed a change. That was the first thing. And then secondly, especially as a woman in boxing, there's really not a lot in Miami, not even like sparring partners. So I visited LA a few times and was mesmerized by just how many female boxers there were that were willing to help and that were um, available and also the coaching. Um, right now I'm training with uh, Pedro Neme over at Churchill's boxing and mm-hmm. the team is super cool. Have strength and conditioning, sauna, cold plunge. You have your assistant coaches. It's I, there's nothing really like that in Miami. So,
0: speaking of which, I think you and Frankie both have the same cold plunge, right? Polar monkeys. Yeah, I saw monkeys, that. Yeah, I
1: yeah. See that. Yeah, yeah, I just got one recently. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, thing.
2: I work with them. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah, with your
0: with your background, I mean, can you speak to that? I mean, we we kind of know it a little bit. Frankie's more well versed. Can you speak to the health benefits of it to people who may not know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. um yeah cold plunging and specifically contrast therapy so using using hot and cold at the same time are both modalities that have a lot of research back or behind them to prove not only benefits uh, on a biological level and on a cellular level to increase uh, your mitochondria so the little the little thingy in your body that creates more energy, that creates more ATP, it spins and creates energy. So it actually makes it more efficient at doing that, meaning that you can produce, you can work harder longer over time, the more that you use the cold plunge. Um, obviously, psychological benefits, just to callous your mind, do something hard every day and, and just get mentally stronger. Um, it has really interesting effects to reduce your, your uh, perceived levels of fatigue during training, which I found really, really interesting. Again, another kind of point to the, the psychological aspects of cold plunging. Um, what else is there? Um, the only note there for for doing cold plunges is that they it's not recommended to do it immediately after resistance training, because it might mm-hmm. blunt some of the adaptations for strength and hypertrophy. But for the rest of the time, I mean, even even for body composition, it increases your your ability to oxidize fat so it makes you better at using fat for fuel so it get it helps get leaner as well yeah. um, and it feels really nice it especially so when you're doing the contrast therapy and you go from going into really cold water which is a vasoconstrictor your blood vessels you know get smaller and then you go to the the heat which is a vasodilator and that pumping effect helps move the metabolites from training out of the muscle and out of the circulation and into your lymphatic system for clearance so just a lot of great data and great science behind them. I'm I'm a an evidence based person, no bullshit type person. So I'll never promote anything that isn't, you know, that doesn't have solid research backing and and just cold plunges and contrast therapy are at the top of my, my recovery preferences.
1: Is that how you usually you usually go cold first and hot? Yeah, so or hot and cold. It doesn't okay. really
2: matter, but okay. I alternate between I do as, as long as I can in the heat, like a a 230, 240 <sighs> degrees like hot and I stay Jeez. there for literally until I'm gonna pass out as long as I can and it's interesting because it really mimics that feeling of being in the ring and like feeling like you're gonna die mm-hmm. you know it uh, it it feels very very similar mm-hmm. and I don't know I just feel like it's such a massive win to be able to be in control of your of your breathing and of your mind and your emotions when you're in there so I do those 20, 25 minutes in the heat, and then immediately into the cold at, at three degrees Celsius, whatever, however, 40 Fahrenheit Fahrenheit, or yeah, something like that. that. Um, I use the real metric system. Uh-huh. Um, so right onto the three degrees for about six to eight minutes. Sometimes yeah. I do it a couple of times. Back into yeah, the heat. And
0: the sauna specifically also greatly reduces risk of heart attack, correct?
2: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely like all, all it, cause mortality it's interesting because yeah. a lot of people with heart conditions avoid the sauna because yeah. it gets your heart rate elevated it makes you sweat maybe it makes your blood more viscous but i mean look at finnish people Finnish people have one of the lowest mortality rates and lowest uh incidence of cardiovascular disease so mm. there is something to be said there
0: i see uh you know obviously I follow joe rogan as you do he he pretty much rolls out of bed and like he's like, if I can do this first thing in the morning, you know, I've, I've tackled a huge feat for the day. Yeah. My, I bro, I don't know. Could you do that, Steffi? Right out of bed, get ready to a cold plunge. I don't know if I could do that. I,
2: I mean, that's tough. That like, really, that's really tough. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been strong. I, I do, I do what you do: sauna, yeah. cold plunge, sauna. Do it at nighttime usually. In the mornings, I don't, I'm always telling myself I'm gonna get up and go in the morning, and, and that comes and goes. Like next morning. There's a
2: <laughs> there's a, a weightlifter that use I used to be a massive fan of him. His name is Dmitry Klokov, and I remember watching one of his YouTube videos. and He's he's from Russia, and this guy he has right outside of his house has like a just a natural pool. And obviously, in Russia, it's like freezing most of the time. And he says that part of his routine is legit. He wakes up, puts his his robe on, and goes immediately into the, the freezing full plunge that he has, natural spring.
0: I would think that your the rest of your day has got to be easy after that, right? That's kind of what Rogan said. I mean, that's, you know, it's if you can do that right out of bed, the, the, the rest of the day is a breeze, you know? Oh, my God, I,
2: absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. And that's that's what it's about, right? And the the our slogan for polar monkeys is hard choices, easy life.
0: Mm, I like you that. You
2: know? And like, like Jocko Willings says, discipline is freedom. Do the hard thing now and then enjoy the enjoy the right afterwards, right?
0: Yeah. Do you find that to be true for you? I mean, this guy over here, I, I say to him sometimes, bro, you're driven by suffering. He's he's literally motivated by suffering. I don't get it. Yeah. It's foreign to me. Maybe I am to a tenth of a well, one one hundredth of a degree of what this guy is, but you seem to be built like that too. You guys are just built different. I don't and I don't know yeah, that you can put it into words, you know?
2: There's um What's the name of this book? Man, I'm blanking. Resilience.
1: Uh, I forgot um, what the name of this book is. But a basically... Cleaner, it's, a cleaner. About a cleaner, right? A yes. Gro- Tim Grover. Uh, Tim Grover. Relentless. 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 I yeah. always
2: say resilience. I don't know yeah. why. But yeah, relentless. So he talks about how there's three different types of people, essentially three different types of personalities. And the one that we are is called Cleaners. And I mean, I don't know about you, but when I read that book, I felt so validated in in... In Being me because for a long time it felt wrong to be the way that I am like never Feeling like nothing is ever enough, you know reaching a goal and not really being happy about it Like I'm happy but it like that that reaching the goal is not what it is about for me Mm -hmm. It's the leading into reaching the goal what it's about for me. It's that suffering It's the challenge is pushing yourself is How much you grow through putting yourself in really uncomfortable situations and 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 overcoming obstacles like that that is what it is about for a cleaner and it's interesting because society i mean i think they society as a as a as a whole kind of is a bit lacks an understand the understanding of how we are as people in that sense and besides cleaners and there's coolers and there's what
1: coolers and um Closers closers. Yeah closers, right? Yeah,
2: coolers and closers So there's Mm -hmm. like people who need to be told exactly what to do who Mm -hmm. have no initiative or no kind of thought process on their own They need somebody to be telling them what to do and then there's a type of people who Maybe have the initiative but won't proceed unless somebody else tells them that Mm -hmm. they're doing the right thing
0: I mean, it would be my general point of view that you guys seem to be Diminishing greatly in this world, there seems to be less and less of you guys. And I think I think we're at a time where we need more of you guys. You know,
2: absolutely. <laughs> well, it uh, would be pretty insane if we were all like that. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, we
0: could yeah, never. Yeah. Not everybody yeah, could be like I think that. We but. want that. I notice you're. You know, obviously, I followed you for a long time. You're very transparent with your feelings, your emotions, with your social media stuff. Sometimes you'll post some things, and I will read it, and you know, you seem like you struggle sometimes. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, how much to show, what to show on skin with skin. I know that you, you had a post where you were in your car, I remember you talked about you were approached by somebody that made you an offer for an OnlyFans and you said, no, that's just not me, I can't do it. Obviously you take some criticism over what you already do show. Does that ever get to you? Does that ever bother you? Um, you seem very open with your emotions. You talk about it a little bit sometimes and you know, womanhood and what it means to you and.
2: Yeah, you know what? Um... For a long time just having having a big social media presence came with a lot of criticism. And for a while there I was purposefully trying to avoid judgment and criticism because it, it got annoying to me. But I've I've entered a new era of Steffi Cohen where there's zero fucks given and I just decided that I'm just gonna speak up my word, like whatever my thoughts, whatever it is that I'm thinking, whatever conversations I wanna have, whatever dialogue I wanna start, I'm gonna do it. And yeah, this conversation is just super relevant for where I am in my life right now and in my career and in just the state, the current state of the world, specifically when it comes to OnlyFans and and building an Instagram uh, fan base. Like, you know, I opened my Instagram when I was, or in 2012, 11 or 2012. So it's it's a while. And from the beginning, like even from, even from that time, uh, I was so strict about making sure that I'm coming across always professionally. Like I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't um, cutting corners. And I would see, you know, other 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 girls from my generation that started around the same time, the ones that are were being more risque with their content were gaining so much traction. And I always felt so tempted to do that because I saw how far it was taking them in terms of just exposure and followers and opportunities and sponsors. And it was so hard to stay true to myself and just, you know, keep putting up keep putting up uh, content that has some sort of of essence and value. And it was hard, you know. I, I had to I had to hire a media team. Um, I had to do research for my posts because everything that I say gets heavily scrutinized and criticized. So anything that I'm claiming, if it's fitness related, nutrition, physical therapy, or whatever, has to come with like sources so it takes me a long time to my educational posts take they can take a, a whole a whole week from mm. when i have the idea to doing the literal uh, literary research to writing the script to filming it to post production it it's a lot of work and i think that's the part that that a lot of people i don't think they understand when i say yeah taking uh, sh- showing nudity and showing your body is the easy way out mm. it is it is, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm not afraid to say it anymore. And I'm sorry if it offends people, but it really is, because building a following based on an actual knowledge, credential, skills, and talent is much more time consuming and requires a lot more effort.
1: Yeah, um, but I'm and sure so, it's a lot more rewarding, now Yeah, I mean, do it your way. To me,
2: absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I I couldn't have bear the the knowing or the guilt over the years of knowing that I that I consciously took the easy path. Yeah. So. I I feel I feel great about my decisions and about how I've carried myself what's interesting is so I about two years ago during lockdown I was having issues in my in my personal life my relationship and was like we're separated now but we were in the brink of a separation and that's what kind of led me to start exploring my sexuality more and the question that I had for myself and for the industry as well is like okay where is first of all is it okay I had a more a moral question first of all is it okay for me to capitalize on my sexuality and capitalize on my body is it okay to be posting pictures and and knowingly be attracting fans and people on the basis of the way that I look that that alone makes me feel ill it makes mm-hmm. me feel bad about myself so is it okay or is it not and that's what led me to start that kind of exploration phase where I started doing a bunch of uh, photo shoots and bathing suits and, and you know, way, way, way out of my comfort zone, things that I had never done before. And I thought that I would feel super empowered. I thought that I would feel confident and empowered and beautiful, And but it felt gross. It really did felt gross. I felt heavily objectified um, and it felt disingenuous and it felt like I was, I was just one more of the bunch, just taking the easy, the easy route, you know. And with those photos came offers from only fans. Like I, I rejected a sixty thousand dollar offer just to sign up, like just I, to well, enter the that's platform. The,
0: that's the post I'm referring to. I saw you. Most- you. Yeah, yeah. I, that was plus, you could months, see the internal months. battle almost as you were doing it. You could almost see it on your face that you were. You know, and and you just adamantly made Dude. your decision that you weren't ever gonna do that, you know?
2: And do you imagine how hard that is? Like, I, mm-hmm. I passed on so much money. The 60,000 is nothing compared to how much money I could have made. Look, oh, one yeah. time I posted a, a swipe up on my story that's in, on a question, somebody asking me when I, was I opening my OnlyFans? And I said, it's here, swipe up. Like, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. And you know how many clicks that got? How many swipe ups? 15,000. I've been selling shit on Instagram for, for seven years and I've never, yeah. never in my life gotten that amount of response. So imagine. So it was 60000 to join plus six months of matched earnings. Wow. Whatever I made was matched. And I mean, I could have made easily like 200K a month. Yeah. I just, plus Frankie, the matching. That's a half a million dollars a month. That's insane. That I passed on.
0: Frankie and I have talked about this, you know, on on the podcast before and just as a whole for society that can't be good to have you know that easy of access at your fingertips to sexuality and sexualizing somebody that is a real person on the other end you know porn is one thing like porn is they signed up for that they signed contracts they know what they're getting into only fans is it's a little different you're taking like the girl next door and you're sexualizing her, and i'm sure most girls i would think i mean i don't know probably start off like i'm just gonna post underwear pictures and you know, before you know it, they're, you know, they're full on because the money's insane. You know what I mean?
2: Of course, because, because attention is modern day's currency. Yeah. Like what, good, what are, what are it. brand deals, sponsor deals? It's people paying you because you have the spotlight that that mm, is what right. that is. Yeah. Right. And it's a zero sum game. If I have it, you don't have it. So it's extremely valuable Yeah. and girls have, uh, Caught on to the fact that the more skin they show, the more views they get, and the mm-hmm. more views they get, the more money they make. So it's it's it's. I understand why they get into that, right? The problem that I see, or there's two main problems that I have with it. The first one, and this I caught so much heat for saying this, and I'm gonna say it again. Um, there is a lot of uh, OnlyFans companies that where where you as a model, you're you're signed with them. Where you as a model model are signed with an agency, and then the agency takes care of the conversations with the guys. So imagine that you're you're oh, you're yeah. taking advantage of this poor, lonely, vulnerable yeah. dude, and it's just like a fat dude just answering the questions for you, and it's, it's not even you.
1: There's how, not many even you a talk, real how many times you like that fat guy, Raj? <laughs> Idiot.
0: I've never ever subscribed to an OnlyFans. <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. No, yeah. I've never
2: happened. Um, so that's that's one problem I see with it. The other problem is. Um, the decision to join OnlyFans as a young woman, like when you're 18, and starting OnlyFans, like how many 18-year-old uh, girls getting into OnlyFans? You you don't you don't have the maturity to make that decision right. at that age. You don't. You don't. You're making so much um, money;
1: it's tough for these kids to to walk away from something like that. Yeah, I I saw
0: a girl that I that I followed, she, attractive girl, but I followed her because she was into motorcycles. Not going to say her name, not put it out there. But she was into motorcycles; she rode motorcycles. I followed her. Her husband also rides. Is kind of like this, you know, stunt rider. But anyway, she did this post where she's sitting with her young son outside of her house and she's doing like a selfie video. And she says something to the effect of, you know, I see all these girls doing this OnlyFans and taking their clothes off. And she's like, I just can't morally do it. You know, I have a son and I wouldn't feel right about him. And fast forward, you know, she's like, it's hard for us to get by. It's hard for us to pay our bills. But, you know, morally, I just fast forward a couple months later and she's got no, I almost, feel horrible for it she was so pressured into doing it she ended up doing it you know what i mean because it was a financial in, escape you know from where they in, were in at that,
2: look i feel like finance the financial escape is one of the few reasons why i would understand someone doing that like there's a fighter in the ufc uh girl that i'm that i'm friends with on instagram who I had a conversation with her actually for a book that I'm writing called Beauty's Ugly Side, where we touch on a lot of these, where I touch on a lot of these topics. And she was telling me that at the, at the beginning of COVID, so she obviously couldn't support herself and her son solely with her UFC income. Mm. And so she had to have like waitresses job and Uber, and, and she had like three different jobs. But then with COVID, she lost all of those jobs and also the fights because yeah. initially there were no, no fights uh, happening. So she joined only fans and i feel like i totally understand that decision and 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 then the necessity to do something like that you have to bring food to the table you have a kid mm-hmm. you know i totally get it mm-hmm. and it went against her moral compass like she when when i interviewed her i felt in her voice like yeah. she didn't want to do it but it was like it was the only option she had and she makes killing now and she's comfortable and doesn't have to have a million side jobs and can focus 100% on being an athlete and can take her, you know, can put her her son in uh, daycare and she's chilling, you know, and I mean, I think if I was in in a situation similar to hers where I don't have an education, I don't, I'm not prepared to do anything else. I have a goal of being a professional athlete. It's a pretty good job. You know, you do it from the comfort of your own, of your own home. You're your own manager. I get it you know i get i totally understand the appeal what i'm encouraging people to think about is two things the first one is living like a virtuous human involves having a sense of justice and not justice in the legal in the legal sense but sense of justice and in, in in the sense of Making or understanding that your actions and what you're portraying to the world has consequences and has an effect on younger generations like doing what's fair for the generations to come doing what's fair for people around you and I think just think that's something we have to be mindful of and be careful of the of what we're talking about And how we're referring to to sex work and only fans okay. and how much? We are encouraging younger generations to do that. And and for what reasons, Um, that's the first one. And I totally forgot what the second one that I wanted to point out was. Um, Oh yeah, and the second one is emphasizing and encouraging women and anybody to, to gather valuable skills that are useful for society. And I mean, it, it's funny to me how a lot of people argue that, that being a sex worker is of value to society. I I, I just can't see that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I understand that there's, there is, it's capitalist economy and there's supply and demand and there are people looking for that. And so there is going to be a supply, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, if, I don't know, again, a conversation about morality, do you consider that honest? Do you consider that value? I personally don't. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't judge people who do it. I don't because everybody does it for a specific reason. Like I was saying, my friend in the UFC, I totally understand why she's doing that. Mm-hmm. But I it, it, I don't think it should be encouraged as a first option. Like mm-hmm. you should be working towards developing valuable skills that can help you, that can help you help other people, that mm-hmm. can help you provide a service or a, or start a business or, or get
0: a job, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I we, I don't judge. I mean, I I, um, I believe in capitalism. You know, I, I I think that there's, like you said, there's a supply and a demand there. And uh, but, kind of like you, I don't think that I could date a girl that had an OnlyFans. You know, that'd be a little tough for me. I'd, something about some about sitting next to her watching a movie on the couch, knowing that there's a guy at home right now. <laughs> Pleasuring himself to a picture of my girl's butthole. I don't think I could do it, you know Look, I could not do it. No, I don't think no, I could do no. it.
2: No, I so. couldn't do it either. A, a lot of these uh, Do you know who Emily Ratajkowski is? She's a model.
1: Yes, I know actor and
2: model. Mm-hmm. She has a really cool podcast where she talks about all of these issues and She had a girl who was on OnlyFans who was who was on OnlyFans who now isn't because she was saying that it was affecting her dating life so much because because guys would have a completely different perspective about them right. once they found ah, out absolutely. that she was an on OnlyFans. It's a preconceived
0: notion that she's going to be sexual probably on your first date. And that's probably the furthest thing for the truth in a lot of cases. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really has nothing to do with who they are as people. Right. But, it, but the message that it sends to be on OnlyFans alone, just be on the platform. Because yeah. look, when OnlyFans approached me, they were like, look, you can post your training footage. You don't yeah. have to post any nudity. In fact, right. we, we prefer that you don't. Oh wow! But at this yeah. point, is wait yeah. wait
0: and and still offer the same sign up bonus and all that? Wow. Yep. So yep. you had the option to not show nudity at all, yet, and you still chose to not do it.
2: Yeah, wow. it's just because no. it has a reputation. The yeah. platform has a
0: reputation
2: just the name, that yeah, I, I never I, want to be associated
1: with it. Isn't OnlyFans trying to pivot though? I believe right. They're trying, cause they I, are. I, trying I know a couple, uh, you know, male uh, yeah. MMA fighters that have OnlyFans. And they're definitely not showing skin. You yeah. know what I mean? I think they're showing training stuff.
2: But isn't the double standard interesting? Because oh, of course. Because when, yeah. when a guy is on OnlyFans, you immediately assume, oh, they're just posting their day-to-day life or their training right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah. many athletes that are now sponsored by OnlyFans, imagine. They're mm-hmm. just posting their training and they're, they're prep for their fights and whatnot. I think,
1: I think that, that was, that's think... how it was supposed to originally go. And then, you know, people seeing what sells, yeah. unfortunately. yeah
0: Yes. Kind of the opposite of that. Didn't Snapchat start out as like the the pit, the the place to send nudes that disappeared, and then it turned into a whole app that really wasn't about it's sending nudes. Yeah, it's like a news. messaging yeah, app, like a messaging yeah. app yeah. now. Yeah. 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 So kind of crazy. I don't know how we got off onto that su- subject, but <laughs> listen, let's move on to another controversial one, if you want. Let's as do being it. Let's a-, a lifelong athlete at the very top of your craft, um, how do you feel about this? Transgender starting to now compete in women's sports, you know biological. I think I,
1: didn't you? I seen something where somewhat weightlifting where they that I don't know if it was our country or some country had that was forced to allow yeah. men to compete. And I saw, in yeah, uh,
0: even I think equestrian now is allowing it. Like most places, oh, but you're you busted your ass your whole life, right? Twenty five time world's you know hold, hold the record. You could be almost decimated overnight by somebody you know, that was born a biological male coming in and, and, and challenging your deadlift record. How does how- Not did, you,
1: like, not you, but some other biological male. <laughs> this guy, this guy,
0: this guy.
2: What,
0: what is your, you know, you, you you're, you're somebody that I feel like is well qualified to speak to this.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, from a scientific perspective, somebody who was born a biological male even after going through rounds of hormone replacement, they still developed a male, just Mm -hmm. their, their proprioception, their ability to orient themselves in space is better because they had, because they were born male and that's something that no hormone replacement can take. So just developing as a male has its own uh, significant advantages. Um, Obviously now, you know, we, we, there's another moral dilemma here and it's the, the one of inclusivity. Right? it's there's these people who and this this topic is is dear and close to my heart. my stepbrother is transitioned from from male to female her name's Lydia now and she she was an Olympic diver <laughs> and it, it's tough right because not only did he did she have to part with her identity as a male but also with her identity as an athlete and not being allowed to participate anymore in the sport that she loves right? so I can I can empathize I can empathize with that like if I put myself in their position I'd be pretty frustrated as well I don't think I am qualified to or not qualified but I don't think I should my opinion should be taken as taken as like the holy grail you know it's it doesn't matter what I think should happen but something should happen for that group of marginalized people to feel included in 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 the community and in, in the sport because i couldn't imagine have i couldn't imagine losing both my identity as an athlete and my gender yeah. that is so fucking difficult mm. so I, th-
0: I think that that most of us can have empathy though and still yeah. and still have empathy for women athletes as well though you know what i mean it's a it's yes. a it's not like we can't be empathetic towards both it is, yeah. it's not i mean at least that's I, sitting in this room that's how we feel but you know i i don't feel like natural born women should be stripped of, I mean, you're looking at losing scholarships, you're looking at, so it's a fine line you walk there and I thought that's why you're much better equipped to speak to this than, yeah, than and, I am. And, you I, know? and
2: I, totally, I totally agree with that. I, I don't think it's fair for a biological male to be competing against a woman. It's just, we're not the same. Mm. We really aren't, you know? Mm. So in, in that regard, I don't think it's fair. What I don't like is how much the public criticizes the athlete or the the transgender person instead of criticizing the institution that is making the decisions because it's not their fault. Look, they're athletes. They want to compete. They want to participate. They want to be part of it. All right. Mm -hmm. Somebody figure out a way to make that happen, that in a way that is fair for the other people, for women competing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is it opening like their own, uh, like their, their own category? Is it, is it allowing them to compete but not allowing them to take records is it allowing them to compete but not allowing them to qualify to the olympics i don't know what the solution there is but there needs to be justice for both sides there needs to be justice for the transgender athlete there needs to be justice for the woman athlete that is that is dedicated her whole her whole life to to her, her craft as well
0: yeah i think certainly there's some viable options there that you just kind of mentioned that i hadn't heard before so yeah and i do agree maybe that that the criticism that the athlete gets is is not yeah, totally justified not, it, because right.
2: It's not fair, you know. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not making the rules. They're not. They're not making the decisions. They're not signing the papers. It's. It's the, whoever institution is allowing them to participate. You know?
0: you, you, I do. I do agree with you. However, there's. There's. You know. There's examples like Fallon Fox, for example, who was born a biological male. You know, got into the MMA world and and actually broke a woman's orbital. Do I have that right? Orbital socket or jaw? What was it? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, does some of the responsibility fall on, you know, she's the one punching the, 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 the girl in the face. So maybe I see what you're saying. I don't, and I don't know how, you know, it's it's tough because you want to be empathetic, to. It's a tough one. Yeah, for sure.
2: I pers- if, if I was a transgender athlete, I personally wouldn't compete against a woman because I personally wouldn't feel like it's fair. Mm.
0: Yeah. But. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so you've got you've got. Two more fights coming up, you said?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, when's, when's your next one? The UFC Fight Pass, both of them?
1: UFC Fight Pass, yeah. June hey, you got you to gotta let us know when the one in the garden is. You come yeah, I'd that, love yeah. to come check Hell you out up there. We're not too far yeah. from there. We're yeah, an hour away.
2: Yeah, amazing. I'll definitely let you guys know. I think it's going to be November, September, September, October, or November. Some, some mm-hmm. month towards the end of the year. But yeah, I'll let you guys know.
0: I saw you yelling at, not yelling, but saw you telling. It sounded like your dog was making a little noise. I read that you had a, you had a French bulldog that passed in 2017. I also had a French bulldog that passed in 2017.
2: So someone said that no, my dog is alive, but my ex. No,
0: alive. I read it. I read it. You want me to show it to? You? I read it. It's it, look. I'll I'll prove it. I'll text you. It. I'll text it to you. I
2: really. You. Have you Have you ever searched what the internet says your net worth is? Oh my oh, God!
0: Yeah. I'm a millionaire. If you look it up, I'm a millionaire. You are. You are too. Actually, I read it. Yeah, I have
2: so much. <laughs> yeah. According to the yeah. internet.
0: Frankie's is actually accurate. It says he's worth about fifty million. Yeah. That's spot on. Yeah. So. Right.
2: Okay. <laughs> that's funny,
1: man.
0: Well, uh, Steph, if anybody wants to follow you, check you out, um, I, I know, I, I think you, you said, uh, early on you're, you're parting with your, your partner, right? You used to have a website where you could sign up and you could do like online coaching and stuff, but you're no longer affiliated with that. I am. Oh, you are? It's not
2: official yet. It's not official yet, but I I am moving in a different direction.
0: If people want to follow you on Instagram, check you out, sign up to your, uh, to your website, whatever, tell people where they can find you.
2: Yep, you guys can find me at
1: Steffi Cohen on basically all platforms.
0: Okay, awesome. Steffi awesome. Cohen. Awesome, pleasure, Steff, having you on. I'm glad I'm glad, yeah, definitely I'm a, glad definitely it worked fan. out.
1: Good luck in, in your boxing career. That's uh, that's awesome. You uh, conquered one endeavor or one, you know, sport, and now you're going for another one. So that's awesome. Very, very inspiring. Much well, love, yeah. Steff. Thank Much you. love. Thank
2: you, and yeah. thank you. Thank you guys for the support and for the patience. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Thank you.
1: Take
2: care.
0: Bye, guys. Bye-bye, Steff.